It's time for the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield as Susan's making her way to Kansas City for the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. I'll be making my way there tomorrow. So we're going to swap back and forth helping each other as we get through the travel and maybe getting caught in a little road construction. So no worries, Susan will be back. But talking the day, and what a day to talk the trade, Darren Fry, Water Street Advisors. Darren, thanks so much for being able to talk the trade, and what a good day to talk as grains are in the green, livestock are in the green, uh, so a good feeling to start off here on the week. I start in the grain complex, though. We see that kind of center forward uh, moving, being led by the soybeans. Uh, with it, did you see anything big, or was this simply short covering from that drastic sell-off last week? Well, thanks for having me on, Clay. I always enjoy being on with Susan or you, and thanks for filling in today, and and uh, being able to, to record this. Um, you know, when we look at the soybeans, I do think that what was leading really was the soybean meal, and that led the whole complex higher. In fact, we didn't finish limit up in soybean meal, but we did touch limit up and was lock limit up for, oh, maybe 30 or 40 minutes in the December contract. January also touched limit up, and we saw them come a little bit off the limits. But that's what really got the beans going. The beans then had a very good, uh, you know, move higher. We saw bean oil reverse from 120 lower on the day to finish 40 higher. And so really it was meal, beans, and then oil. And I think oil was helped out a little by crude oil uh, moving higher as well because we saw it down early in the session. And it finished uh, today. It's still trading, but it's up about a buck and a quarter now a barrel. So uh, I think it was more weather concern today than anything. A lot of people starting to now hear some rumblings down in Brazil, how some people are a little bit concerned, replants are a little bit higher. And so from what I can understand, that's probably what got things going on the bean side. What do we need to understand about that South American planting and replant picture? Because as they're getting this round of beans in, is it critical, the timing, so that makes sure they're lining up that Safrina corn crop better when it comes to the first part of 2024? Well, I mean, the Safrina corn crop is a total, you know, another issue. And there is even some stuff out on Twitter today about that, about some of these delayed planting and replants is going to send those acres into decline because you're just going to be taking more risk planting on a later window when the monsoonal flow starts to taper off there as we get into middle of April, late April, into May. And so I think the big concern right now is a lot of these early soybeans that were planted uh, are having to be replanted. They didn't get the stands or, or the stress has been so much with the heat that it has killed off some of those early stands. And so instead of being 85 90% planted in Mato Grosso, if you have to replant 20 25%, that's the numbers that I'm hearing from my contacts, then all of a sudden you're not 90% planted any longer. You're more like 65% planted, which then causes a problem for the safrina corn. So we got two issues going on, and one is on the bean side first, and then the secondary one is what's that going to do to corn planting. So I think it's really a, a challenge down there that they've never faced because we really haven't seen this type of heat with this type of dryness in the north at this time of year. So this is kind of a first for them. 
And so this all goes into the supply side of the market. We're seeing, again, plenty of South American weather concerns and that sort of thing build up and really take center stage here. But how much room does this market have to move higher before demand destruction and overall lack of demand that we continue to see printed by USDA and these wise reports and such? When does that come back into play? Where's the upper end of that market in that range? Well, that's an interesting question because that's a moving target, as you know, because Demand has been poor, and yes, we have lost out on exports to China. China has been taking their soybeans from Brazil, and even Chinese demand is somewhat questionable because of crush margins. So, you know, the, the real issue now is, is do we end up getting more demand because of the problems that people fear down there? So, yes, it's a supply-led bull market right now, if you can call it a bull market. I mean, we're starting to move higher. And that is because of supply, not because of huge demand. But at some point, a supply market becomes a demand rationing situation if you cut enough supply. I think that is a few weeks or even a month and a half away from knowing what that is. But right now, we're just concerned about supply shrinking and will it shrink enough that then we have to ration demand. That is the million-dollar question, Clay. Then we have the wheat complex. Not a lot's happening right now. We have the U.S. winter wheat crop. It looks like it's in the ground. Of course, we have a long, long time before that's going to be in the bin. Uh, I know coming into this week, though, CFTC data showing that really the funds like to be short that Kansas City wheat market. Any hope that maybe we're going to see them want to kind of pick back up and let that market come back a little bit if they short cover it? Well, you know, I think we need to get over certain levels, and those certain levels, uh, Chicago wheat over 615 would have the funds a little nervous. Obviously, we're at 579, so that's a long way away yet. Kansas City, I'm looking at 662 in the December. A close over that should should make the funds be concerned. Uh, let's see if that happens first, but there's carry in this market. The funds like to be short these markets because they can roll for the carry. Same thing with corn, but corn had a tremendous day today, Clay. It was up 12, 13 cents, and we could see corn, the concerns over South America, Safrina, reduction in acres. Reduction in acres down there could mean better exports for us. Maybe corn's too cheap at 460. Maybe corn leads us out of here and not wheat. I mean, who knows? But certainly corn had a nice day and a nice reversal off of Friday's lows. We're talking with Darren Fry, Water Street Advisors here on the channel. Final bell, what a positive day in the trade as we were just discussing. Really positive to see this grain complex coming back around. Give you a little taste of what you're going to get here in segment two coming up on the uh, on the channel. Final bell, that's where we're going to be talking that bigger macro market picture as well. We've got some inflationary data on those week. Congress could be having another budget showdown. Does that have any implications to the commodity complex? And it's all right here on on the Rural Radio Network, on the channel, Final Bell. Stay tuned. Fontenelle Hybrids is combining with Channel and the other nine regional brands to become the new enhanced Channel Seed brand. So what does that mean for you? Well, for starters, a Best of Both Worlds product portfolio as both brands come together in 2025. Also, greater local agronomic support and more innovation and digital tools. Contact your local Fontenelle and Channel Seed professionals today for the best discounts. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices.
Hey, back RVM. to the channel. Final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield as she makes her way to the National Association of Farm Broadcasting's annual meeting in Kansas City. Talking to the trade with us again today, Darren Fry with Water Street Advisors. Darren, a really well-rounded conversation in the first segment uh, where we kind of explored what all happened in the grain plot complex here today and a lot of big things happening there. Now I want to take a step back, take that more 30,000-foot view of the market and this macro space, and that's where we see the U.S. on the lines of getting uh, downgraded by the final credit agency. Moody's coming out with that last Friday. We've got a potential government showdown and trying to extend the budget, kick that can down the road once again. Does any of this broad implication have uh, impact to the commodities, to ag, uh, or is it one, we've seen it before, we've heard it before, so until something happens, we're just not ready to act on it? I guess I would say yes to that. You know, it's a big deal. Our debt's a big deal. This downgrade's a big deal. But I don't think it really matters yet. A lot of people, like the sun still came up. We, we, we're, we're, we're breathing air. We're uh, paying bills. We're collecting money. Things are still happening. Um, hey, let's not get too ramped up about this. But I think at some point it is a big deal. We can't keep going down this path as a country. Uh, being irresponsible with our budget, with our spending, collecting more debt. It's going to be harder to sell our bonds, obviously. And I was kind of looking last night as the markets open, hey, what's bonds doing? What's the dollar going to do? And they opened up, you know, a little softer, and then they've kind of neutralized here today, and bonds have come back to unchanged, dollars a little weaker. So I don't really think it's it's making a difference on the macro picture. At some point, it will Maybe that's a year from now, but right now I think the market's kind of ignoring it, and therefore it was back to risk on today. Looking out, we're going to get the CPI or the Main Street Consumer Price Index tomorrow, another measure of inflation. Core CPI is still potentially at 4.2%. Uh, does that really bode any what, any uh, concern when it comes to inflation and the lack that we're not really pushing that inflation out at the core of the economy? Well, I think it does. I think um, we're seeing this inflation be much more sticky. And even though the feds have raised interest rates aggressively, um, yes, they pushed it down. But that that goal of 2%, I just don't think that's going to happen. We're going to have to keep interest rates up longer, higher for longer. And um, I think we could have an inflationary boom here in the commodities if the right things, you know, lined up. Uh, we know the weather in South America could provide ups for the soybeans. We know that Argentina's drought last year has made the meal be very supportive because they just don't have the beans to crush. Uh, we we see that, uh, you know, if the feds have to come in and make any changes, especially revisions down, uh, that could bring markets higher. So uh, the dollar moving lower is going to help us as well. So if the feds don't have to raise much more and they kind of stall here, pause for a bit, uh, I think the dollar could be in some trouble and moving lower would only help our commodities. So that's kind of the way I see it for now. But we got to keep watching the CPI, the PPI, what unemployment does. Uh, but the feds, you know, how much more can they do without breaking the, the government? These interest rates on our national debt are going to get out of control. There's definitely a lot that could be coming down the pike, but again, a lot of it is 
wait and see. We need to confirm before we step too far into there. Thinking of waiting and seeing and waiting to confirm, let's talk a little livestock. Uh, as we've seen uh, kind of quite a shift and, and a drastic sell-off last week, we come back in. Feeder cattle trying to lead that charge higher back again today. Live cattle lean hogs also participating. I know, uh, Darren, in recent conversations, you've been keeping a close eye on the technical picture there on the hog side. Are we continuing to garner support there, or are we starting to exhaust the upper end of where this market can go well so far i I still like the upside i think we can press into that 75 76 area december hogs i like the action i'm seeing you know this is kind of that seasonal that you'd be heading lower but it's like we broke early into the end of october now we've been rallying um i think we probably put a fall low in place and i think we can go higher uh at least in the short term so i kind of like hogs for higher here uh, on the cattle side, man, we've pummeled them, and, you know, maybe we have a little bit more down to finish the sequence, but I like, I think the next significant move in the cattle is back higher again, especially in the deferred February, April, out into June. So, kind of like cattle for a bounce, got to go with feeders the same way. If cattle bounce, feeders bounce. So, um, we're probably trying to get done with that move lower, and then we'll see if we can't muster up a rally here. Darren, as we start to close out the program, for folks that want to know more about Water Street Advisors as well, possibly working with your team, what is the best way to go about doing that? Well, they can either follow me on Twitter. I'm at Fry, F-R-Y-E underscore W-S-S, or they can call us here at the office in Peoria, Illinois at 866-249-2528. That again is Darren Fry with Water Street Solutions joining us on the channel. Final bell. Thank you to Channel Seed and their continuing support of the program. As always, you can catch it again as a podcast when you visit ruralradionetwork.com. The important thing to remember, though, keep in mind, trading futures and options involve risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. And that's the channel. Final bell on the Rural Radio Network.